Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer. I am the dream business coach, and I have a very exciting interview today. This is somebody who does some really exceptional work in the area of leadership. She works with big companies, government organizations, and things like that. But as entrepreneurs and small business owners, leadership is key. So I'm excited to introduce you to Beth Watson. She created Navigating Challenging Dialogue out of her personal process of examining the ways in which traditional leadership skills fail the mission and goals of organizations. For the past two decades, she's studied how leaders working in isolation and staff working in competitive silos adversely affect the prosperity and growth of the company as a whole. Through her study of brain-based research, she recognized how emotions, stories, thinking errors, and fears impact our ability to create positive work environments. And as a result, Beth has uncovered a new approach to the developing, to developing self-awareness necessary to thrive in the workplace with a collaborative team chemistry. I can't wait to ask her about millennials and all the different generational <laughs> challenges today. Beth Watson and her team provide clients with a confidential forum to work deeply on the challenges they face. Within the Navigating Challenging Dialogue workshops, clients develop meaningful tools to best navigate necessary growth and change while serving the good of the whole organization. Beth, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you, Jim? I'm great. So you you get to you get to use your own brain power to help people with their own, with their brain power, so they do more and better business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it's grown out of my own experience. Um, you know, when I started out my career, I moved up pretty quickly in an organization, and I got promoted. Um, from within the team. So I was doing work I loved. I was super passionate about it. And I happen to also be really great at it. And well, that, so that's awesome. To move up. But you know what happened when I got there? I realized that I didn't understand anything about what motivates people, how to work with people. These, these, all of a sudden I had these humans who were formerly my friends uh, and my teammates and now I needed to help impact them to do their best work for the good of the whole and to achieve the goals of the company. And frankly, I had no clue what I was doing in that regard. So it, it's done, have you found that Beth to be like this classic thing? I mean, they uh, always say you, uh, people promote the best sales people to sales managers. Well, they great at sales, they suck at managing. And the same thing in organizations, you take your best people who happen to have a good skill and talent and then put them in charge of a team and they have no experience whatsoever doing that. Yes, uh, it's, it's why I'm in business, frankly, if you want to know the truth, um, because it's not that people suck at it, it's that they haven't been taught. So I work with so many people that have gone through all kinds of online courses on management and how to manage people. They've gone to trainings. Um, they've done all kinds of things. And so they have all these theories, right? And they have all these best practices. 
audiences. But at the end of the day, what shows up in front of them is people who um, feel threatened when their reputation is vulnerable. People who take business decisions personally and then act out of emotions and cause drama and chaos. And managers are like, what the, what the heck? I can go home and you know, deal with my teenage daughters and get this straightened out. Why do I have to do this during the workday? And the reason is not because people are bad, it's because people are human. And so we need some training, we need some support, we need some places to work through the humanness of people. And that's what Navigating Challenging Dialogue is about. One of the other things you mentioned earlier I thought is interesting is um, when people are promoted from within a team and then suddenly somebody who has been a co-worker and a, and a, you know, a compatriot, I don't know what the right word is, but somebody who's a peer, I guess, and now suddenly they're in charge. And that, that's a really interesting dynamic when you used to have this peer-to-peer relationship and now you're the boss, right? Oh, it's really more painful than people realize and more damaging to your organization. So I just spent, um, last week I spent a full day doing coaching with a group of newly newly appointed managers, most people less than a year in their position. And the overriding theme for these folks every single time was, how do I hold people accountable and have them still like me? I'm afraid to tell someone the truth about their performance, to give somebody critical feedback on something, to shift a project away that's not working for someone because what if they don't like me anymore when I do it? So companies that are finding that they're not hitting their goals, they're losing money, most of the time it's because time is being wasted by these ridiculous workarounds because the manager just doesn't know how to speak their truth with empathy and compassion and a focus on the good of the whole and understand that that's not about people liking you or not liking you. That's about the agreement you made when you chose to accept a paycheck. The agreement you made is that you're going to work in the best interest of the company. And there's a way to do that. That also supports the people on your team so that you're not being a jerk, but you're moving everyone along the trajectory of what's in the best interest of the goals of the organization. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Do people, what you said about they want to lead and be effective managers, et cetera, but they want to do it and, and be liked. Do they, do they actually express those words, I want to be liked? Yeah, what if they don't like me anymore? What oh, if wow. think I'm a jerk? What if they hurt somebody's feelings? So, you know, here's, here's an example. Um, uh, one of the people in the coaching is was working on this big high-profile project, and it, it had a presentation with it, and one of her staff, who used to be her teammate, who really wanted to do the graphics on the project, wasn't that great at graphics. And so instead of telling him, you know what, you're not – in a position right now to do the graphics on this project, but I hear you want to do that. So let's figure out how to get you up to speed. So the next time we have a project, you can begin working on that. Instead of saying that, instead she decided to leave graphics out of the project. 
we're not going to put any graphics in here because she her response when I when I pushed her on that was, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings. What if I hurt his feelings and then he becomes difficult to manage? What if I hurt his feelings and he chooses to leave? What does that say about me? What it says is you're doing the best interest for the good of the whole. You're working towards the goals of the team and you're supporting your employee to build competency and capacity in an area of interest. You can do both. Both of those can happen. But you've got to let go of, are they going to like me or not like me? That's not the question. Right. So um, now that we're well into the program, I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. You said yeah. you, you, learned, you learned from experience and doing things the hard way and things like that. What is, what is your background? Like what got you into this area? Well, I began my career um, in education and educational leadership and I had a position where my job was predominantly to take kids to juvenile court when they had infractions that they need to go before the judge and instead of feeling like an educator instead of feeling like I was supporting and building people up and preparing for the future I felt like I was creating the farm team for the adult adult justice system and so I left and I went to a large consulting organization and I started out in a really um, entry level position and we did um, helping uh, organizations to build their capacity of their staff to be able to use a strength-based approach, role model the desires, they the behaviors they desired in others, um, work with behavioral commitments around how we're going to do our work, how we're going to show up. And uh, over the 13 years I was there, I continually got promoted because I was passionate. I was really good at what I did. And that's the place where I found myself one Thursday. So every Thursday, my, my teammates and I, when I was part of the team, we'd go for cocktails after work and we'd complain about leadership, right? I mean, that's what you do, right? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so the first Thursday that I was in the corner office, it got to be about 5.30, and I went to go out to see where we were going to cocktails, and everybody was gone. And I suddenly had this aha moment of, okay, I'm in a different place. They're going for cocktails to complain about me. You are the outsider now, huh? I'm the outsider now. And luckily, I had a mentor at that time who said to me, uh, you need to begin building your camaraderie now at a different level of people that you can share your frustrations with and all of that because you are no longer part of that team. You are helping that team be successful. You're developing the people, but you're not part of it. So eventually um, I was recruited from that organization and I spent three years working for a Native American organization out of Gallup, New Mexico that had gotten a $3 million grant to take their leadership model for youth and replicate it across with bands and tribes across the United States. And so I was helping codify the curriculum, training their new leadership team and working with tribal leadership across the country on how to um, come together in a way to implement programs. That was where I really learned, because there's 500 and something sovereign nations in the United States that are Native American tribes who have their own government process. They have their own framework for how they make decisions and all of this. And so I went in as the educator and the facilitator for them, but 
I was the learner and I learned so much about um, community-based decision-making, learning about how to lift everybody up, how to, how to work towards common goals, what's in the best interest of the good of the whole. I learned about culture and tradition. It was unbelievable. It was phenomenal. And when that was up, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I sent an email out to a bunch of people and said, I have some free time. That was in 2010. Do you want to hire me to do anything? And that's when uh, almost everyone responded yes. And uh, I started my company and I've been going on referrals and uh, word of mouth and that type of thing since then. So that's, that's the evolution. Good for you. So you're about nine years into uh, your own being an entrepreneur. Yeah, nine years in. We just incorporated two years ago. Um, I have a couple of employees and I have a, a team of uh, trainers who I've trained in the methodology that I use. So we're, we're growing and, uh, and pretty excited about the work we're doing. Do you still have a drink Thursday night and complain about your boss? Uh, I do. <laughs> Really, then uh, that's the beauty of this whole model, right? Because the reality is, every difficult conversation you have, every problem you come up against, the constant in that is me. I'm the one who's there every single time. Yeah. So I can spend my time looking for other people to blame, or I can spend my time looking within myself to identify what can I do differently? How can I show up differently? Where am I getting triggered? am I reacting in ways that aren't supporting my best interests or the best interests of my company? And that's the work. Oh, good. Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, we, we all have the best boss and the worst boss in the world. So um, I wonder what are some of the behaviors and attitudes from your doing this for so many decades? What are the, some of the ones that are common within an, an ineffective leader mm. that need to be changed? Yeah, another way that I make, um, you know, the majority of my revenue is by getting called into work with people who are too valuable to fire, but they're wreaking havoc throughout the organization because they're showing up as a bully or threatening, but they're either their skill level or their historical knowledge or their client base is too valuable to the company to let it go, right? So, so um what generally is the core issue there is that the person is feeling threatened and vulnerable some way. They're feeling um, their reputation's challenged, their values are challenged, whatever it is. You know, back in the day when we were first created, we our threats were like saber-toothed tiger eating our baby, and that put us into fight or flight. But now, what puts us into fight or flight mode is are things that are psychological threats, reputation, values, um, imposter syndrome, am I enough, do people like me? All of those things, when those are threatened, that's when we come out either on the attack or we shut down and say, I'm out of here, I'm going and I'm opening a cupcake factory, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Or we go and attack and we uh, call people names, we label, we're dismissive, we interrupt, we talk over people, we shut down people's ideas. And that happens so much, particularly in the leadership 
of organizations. Um, people be, get so far on the edge of vulnerability that they start attacking the people around them and they, they're like, why are my employees leaving? Why can't I keep help? Why are sales down? Why is productivity down? And it's generally the leader. They need a shift. They need to get back on track. They need to learn how to calm down the triggers that all of us have because it's part of our DNA. It's part of our chemistry. So you created something called Navigating Challenging Dialogue. Was that all, was that like the culmination of your work or is that just like one program or tell me it's, about that? It's, that? That's a great question. Thanks. It's the methodology, the core methodology that I use for everything. It's what I use in my executive coaching programs. It's what I use when I consult with small businesses on um, where to find pickups in their company. And it's, the, it's a sequential program that we do in large companies. So there's a level for staff. There's a level for managers, the people managing staff and managing programs. And then there's the level for the leaders who are managing the managers, the C-suite people. And so there's three levels to this program. Um, there's also an online workshop that's going to be uh, released in late June, early July. That's going to be for your um, single entrepreneur, for your small business person who doesn't want to or can't afford to come to a, to a training. They can't take time away from business. And they're going to be able to um, get the basics of the program through a, um, an online version that we're just going to be releasing. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, in your bio, I read about um, unnecessary drama, miscommunication, unhealthy conflict, and chaos. Have you found working with the different companies, because uh, it's a really interesting time we're in generationally with millennials and Gen mm -hmm. Xers, and I can't even keep track of all the different names, but it really is not a label. I know somebody who works in the millennial field also says they just they think differently. They don't remember not having a phone or they don't, they don't remember having to carry cash or go to the bank before three o'clock on Friday and all these different things. It's like their way of life. It's not necessarily they're trying to be difficult. It's how much of your work is like gener generationally created? Well, I think I have a different perspective on that than a lot of people. And I've read tons of the research and, you know, I really appreciate the people who are going in and trying to bridge that gap. But um, the reality is we create labels to organize information that we don't understand or to organize things that we don't understand. That's what we do as humans, right? We put a label on it, we put it in a container, and then we try and generalize it. And the truth of the matter is if employers would look at the person versus the label, so you may have a millennial but, um, and they, they are definitely part of a generation that grew up different from, say, me, right? Different, different contexts for their life and their decision-making. But they also have a learning style, and they have a communication style. Um, they also have their own, they have that, that human being has values. They have goals. So if an employer spends time which I recommend you do with every employee, understanding their perspective, their worldview, their, the holistic view of that employee, and getting to know where are they on the disc profile, where are they on the strengths finder, where, what are their values, and begin to understand that 
then it doesn't matter which group, which category they fall into because you're working with the person, you're building relationship and you're supporting that person. Right. They don't fit. And that's what you learn. You know what, this job, not a great fit for you. Um, I think you could be better in this job, or I think you could move over here better. But we want to, what we want to do is to be able to say, oh, they're a millennial. That's why I can't get along with them. That's right. Very dismissive. I mean, sometimes people are dismissive with the labels, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious for, uh, I mean, companies have been, I'm 60, so I've been around this. I've, I've hired consultants for you know, back when I was working in corporate and things like that, I, I mean, billions of dollars, I think, are spent in leadership development and things like that. What are, what, is there like a common ingredient? I mean, does it always boil down to communication, 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 or like, where do you, your, what is your sweet spot that you found when, I'm sure this is a very uh, complicated, not complicated, but I'm, I'm bastardizing the question, pardon my language, but it's okay. It's, it's, all, like, it's all good. Um, it's all, so for me, you know, companies call me, businesses call me, and they say, we have this problem. There's mm. too much gossip. There's too much chaos. There's too much drama. Um, people aren't hitting their goals. We have a leader who's ineffective. They're not managing appropriately. Those are symptoms. That's all they are. Those are what shows up on the surface. So there's a ton of companies you can go in, you can hire who are gonna come in and they're gonna do a day, they're gonna do two days and they're gonna attempt to deal with that symptom. But that is a symptom of the fact that people are not managing themselves. They're not leading themselves and they don't understand their own emotions and the impact of those emotions on how they show up. So, you know, if you have an employee who's shut down, they're not participating, they're not showing up, they're not hitting their deadlines, uh, whatever the case is, they're resisting in some way, chances are that there is some emotional trigger occurring in them, whether it's they're feeling left out, they're feeling this, they're feeling that. I'm not trying to do therapy and fix that. That's not my job. What my job is, is to help people understand that you are responsible for the energy you bring to this room. And here is a six-step process to recognize it, see it, question the story that created it, the assumptions, the unspokens that you have, that created the story that's triggering you, and then take some action steps to determine how you want to move from here. That's the process. Do you want to have a dialogue? Do you want to uh, check your assumptions and find out if they're even true? Do you know what what action step do you want to take? But at the key of all of this is the fact that we are emotional beings, and most of the time, what gets triggered is the things in our psyche, our ego, our sense of self, our sense of worth, our reputation. Am I enough? Will people find out that I'm an imposter? I don't really know. I'm not an expert. I don't know what I'm doing 100% of the time. And how do we deal with those baseline issues? So those are the tools I'm teaching people so they can lead themselves, hold themselves accountable, and show up at work clean and clear. Wow, I like oh, I like the way you said that. Um, I got about three minutes, and I want to. I, I wonder if I can squeeze in one more question. I want to give you a chance to um, talk about your website and stuff. What do you think is the biggest secret that every every leader should know, Beth? 
that the only person I can manage is myself. And so when you begin exploring, how do I lead myself? How do I show up? How do I manage myself first? Then many, many, many of the things you're dealing with are going to dissipate because it's when we don't know how to manage ourselves, how to lead ourselves, how to hold ourselves accountable, when we're looking to blame you know, my employees, I hear this all the time, my employees, they don't care, they don't show up, they're not accountable, they ask the same questions over and over again, they don't take initiative. That's on you. That's on you. And you have to change the way you're showing up and engaging so that they can change the way they do. So you have to model the behaviors you desire in others and you have to learn about self-leadership. That's what I want everyone to understand. Wow. What a great – I've really enjoyed this interview, Beth. Thank you so much. I, I always can tell when I'm having a good time because I, the questions just flow, and, I, and I, next thing I look at the clock, I go, oh, crap, i got to go. Um, so thank you so much. How, I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you and learn from you. So you know, a few websites, social media, things like that. Sure. So um, to get information about any of these programs, you can go to bethwanson.com, and it's backslash – NCD, Navigating Challenging Dialogue, or just go to the main website and dig around. I have so many free resources. This is even a free class you can take. It's a four-part self-directed class. You can go on, grab it, download it. We also have a Facebook group called Navigating Challenging Dialogue. Just go there, ask to join, and uh, it's a community of people who are asking questions, sharing information, and learning from each other. So that's a great place for folks to get an introduction to the things we're talking about. And then sign up for, I have a blog, I have a podcast, we send out free workshops. I mean, I'm on a mission to change the way workplaces and the people in them are able to show up and participate with ease and reduce drama and conflict. I believe we need to change the way we communicate with each other, we show up for each other, and we support with each other in the world. But I do it in the workplace because that's where we spend most of our time. So everybody is welcome to come join in this movement, and I, I would love to meet all your listeners. Beth, thank you so much. Really a great interview. Greatly appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this special interview with Beth, Beth Watson. And, um, man, I, I'd listen to this about two or three more times. <laughs> There's a few good nuggets in there. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. If you're only connected with me here on the podcast, that would be a terrible faux pas. You want to fix that by, number one, going to my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now. You can get there at dreambizgroup, dreambizgroup.com. Uh, get jimpalmer.com and half a dozen other websites. But I think that'll do it for now. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. As I said, I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.